little salsa action. You hear that 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 little shake in the background? That's Paul Aspen. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Video. Uh, it's a visual I didn't need. No, yeah. No, it's. <laughs> I, I, the There's Paul Aspen Holiday Originals are uh, keeping us going here on BetQL Daily today, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack in for Ed Egros alongside Joe and Aaron. Uh, getting you through the Week 16 slate, uh, Lions, Vikings, Packers, Panthers, Cardinals, Bears, all on the way in a couple of minutes. Two-minute drill later as well. Before we get you our lightning bets, we bring in our friend from 4 for 4 and Betsparts, John Daigle. Happy holidays, John. Good to see your face again, my friend. Good to hear your voice. And um, you're welcome to join our little acoustic jam band for the holidays. Next time we get a drum circle going, um, you're, you're invited. I, I lived in Amarillo, Texas for some time, and it's more of a Spanish community, so I can do the cumbia. But the salsa, it's like too erotic for my hips. I can't quite do that. I'll work on it, though. <laughs> I think the ladies I would like you. that. Yeah. I'll do my best. <laughs> <Wouldn't they? laughs> Man. All right. So, look, we're at, we're at the point in the season, final stretch, with teams that have stuff on the line as far as player prop-wise or just fantasy-wise for people that, that reach their semifinals – do you have a different mindset as far as what you expect out of guys, guys that are close? Do you expect them to be out there? And if they do play, if they're getting limited work in throughout the week, are you willing to back them in player props to go over? Or are you a little suspect? Like, look, maybe it's going to be more of a decoy. Um, and are any names that, that you've been watching, keeping a close eye on with these injury reports uh, come to mind when it, when it comes to that, those injuries and prop bets and all that. I'm still suspect about incentives, and it's been something that mm. we saw reverse the trend last year in particular, where nothing went right for everyone chasing props based solely on contract incentives. And honestly, we've seen that the last couple of years in the preseason too, how everyone still cites that preseason usage is important for whatever we do, uh, nailing uh, formations and personnel coming out of the, their the preseason games, uh, player props and whatnot, because of how the league is extended, how rosters now are 90 men all the way down to the final cutdown day. And so teams are now just toying with their personnel, and you don't really get the actual uses that they come into the regular season with. So I think it's something we could probably extend ourselves too far and end up with some thin bets if we chase it. Having said that, there are a couple things, like Puka Nakua, for instance, for I believe I saw this morning that he's 126 yards shy of the all-time rookie record. And if that's the case, yeah. you can see the Rams definitely chasing that one. And that's obviously gettable in one game. But Tom Brady really spoiled us, though, with all the incentives because he was really the only one to ever go out and hammer Gronk, hammer Antonio Brown for those extra like five-plus catches to make sure they got their contract bonuses kicked in. Yeah, good point. Well, since it is the week of Christmas, what is your mm -hmm. favorite prop on the board this weekend? I know some aren't listed, but uh, do you have one that you have your eye on? I do, and a couple favorites, but two of my favorites are wide receivers, and let's start with Terry McLaurin under 48 and a half receiving yards, because I am someone who... Like a lot of people in fantasy, I'm doing sabotage drops where I'm dropping players that I want my opponent to start. 
And Terry McLaurin is someone who has practically wow. been player props for fantasy. He's been useless for a month now. Over his last four games prior to last week, he had 50, 0, 43, and 33 receiving yards. And this past week even, he had three catches and only 48 yards until Jacoby Brissett came off the bench the last two drives. And that's when Brissett hammered him for three catches, nine yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it's just not happening right now. And now he's going to run a majority of his routes against this terrifying DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner defense secondary for the Jets. So definitely on McLaurin under. And then a sneakier one that maybe people are on given his performance last week. But I think Chris Godwin is actually coming around this time of year. He's the healthiest he's looked since he has recovered from his torn ACL. And now the last two weeks he's seen, we've seen that he's had a 41% target share to Mike Evans' 21%. Not only that, but the Jags are playing zone coverage at the fourth highest rate in the league. And against zone, Godwin has matched Evans in being targeted uh, for a 25% target share on his routes against that scheme. So honestly, the, the opportunity is opening wide for Godwin in this game. And that's one of my favorite bets too. Not only Godwin over his receiving yards and any time touchdown as well, even though he has one on the year. I also like the Bucks to cover and I like the over in that game because the Bucks defense has been just so atrocious since they returned from their bye, week six on, a span of 10 games, that I truly think even C.J. Beathard with Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram can get there in this game. So over 42, 42 and a half, whatever it is right now, I still think is far too low of a number. Baker Mayfield then, John, 235 and a half. Are we on that as well over? We are because Jaguars secondary as well since week 10, when they returned to their bye, have been atrocious. Three different quarterbacks have gone over 300 yards. It would have been four if Brock Purdy didn't get benched with 296 because all they did was come out and road grade Jacksonville and put Sam Darnold in in the fourth quarter. And two of the other quarterbacks to go over 300 were Jake Browning and Joe Flacco against them. So we've seen that Jacksonville has no pass rush and their secondary is struggling immensely with Baker not only playing for comeback player of the year, albeit a long shot, but also the Bucks <laughs> now with an 80% chance to make the playoffs. The schedule rollout's great for them. Not only Jacksonville this week, but they get to host the Saints next week and then get Bryce Young in Week 18 to sneak into the postseason. So, sure, we are on Baker over as well. Uh, you're messing with Paul Aspen, our producer, by throwing out any other name that's not DeMar Hamlin for Comeback Player of the yeah. Year. Last night, Stafford was messing with him. A lot of people talking up uh, Baker right now. It's interesting. All right, you threw out Tampa Bay as a side that you like this week. Give me uh, another NFL side for Week 16. It is not going to be popular, but I am on the under in the Cowboys and Dolphins game because oh. schematically, I don't think the offenses match up well with one another. Um, it's something I hammered home last week in being on the under in Bills Cowboys as well. And quietly last week, although Josh Allen only had seven completions, the Bills ran the ball at the league's highest rate in the entire league last week. Um, we saw that he was still under pressure on 50% of his dropbacks. And as we know, Tua is an entirely different quarterback when he's under pressure this year, literally 30th in completion rate in the entire league. And so I think the passing game, especially because we don't know the extent of Tyreek Hill, if he's going to be at full strength, I think the passing game could struggle. struggle. And although they probably will have success on the ground, and Devon A. Chan's six full appearances this year, the Dolphins are the only team averaging over six yards per carry. 
The issue is that their offensive line issues are still very concerning. Even last week, Raheem Mostert got there for with touchdowns, but averaged less than four yards per carry. It was practically running into his center's ass every single time he got the ball. <laughs> So I, I just schematically even for the Cowboys too against this pass defense that you look at every number, I understand their schedule has been really easy since Jalen Ramsey returned in week eight. But even in that time, the fact that the Dolphins secondary is first in EPA per play, first in EPA per drop back, limiting opposing offenses to the fewest yards per play in the league, like it's they're the real, honestly. So uh, I worry about the total in that game for sure. Just when you think you've opened all of your presents, Santa is bringing us another gift. Christmas night, Ravens at Niners. This spread at five, five and a half. What do you like here? Side total props. What do you have your eye on? It would be the over. My lean in the line is the 49ers, but honestly, it's so volatile because Lamar Jackson, we haven't even seen him at full strength. It's kind of like the Cowboys defense last week. We They've been in such wonky game scripts all year that really we haven't seen an opponent just drown them out. Although now we know that when the Cowboys look bad, they look bad. Like this, that game against the 49ers and the Bills just disappeared entirely. But it's the same thing for Lamar Jackson. We just haven't seen him really pushed at all. Um, but now we think the juggernaut offense of the 49ers, despite the Ravens' historical success so far on defense, they can move the ball here. And I think both offenses won't have any issues moving the ball since we know that play calling can trump any defense you throw out. So the over for me is in play in that one. Again, I lean the 49ers, but I don't have a bet on that one just yet. I'm waiting to see if the line come down at all because I really think we may get a four and a half out there somewhere by Monday. John Daigle, four for four in BetSparks with us on BetQL Daily. We just got done talking about Raiders Chiefs a few minutes before you jumped on, John. Why? Because uh, <laughs> I'm not convinced that the Chiefs have proven anything. They beat New England. Sure. Congratulations. You're... It, the Chiefs, for me, are exactly what the Dolphins and the Cowboys are, but with a pop star girlfriend. They they haven't beaten anybody. You know, Two of their nine wins uh, against teams with winning records. But as I look at the three big spreads of the week, whether it's Kansas City by 10, whether it's Buffalo by 12, 12 and a half, uh, Philly by 13 and a half, um, are any of these anything more than – just one side or don't touch is there is there any reason to believe uh in one side really strongly in any of these three games given the spreads i i would like to i have looked at the chargers plus 12 and a half i have not put my own hard-earned dollars on it just yet i think because i'm still terrified especially because the defense is really what's been so atrocious and i don't know how they turn around overnight even under Giff Smith, who I didn't realize was a human being on this earth until he was named interim coach. But I haven't got there just yet. Uh, it does seem, though, that the market is probably, probably, maybe not, but probably overreacted to the Bills again, just trouncing the Cowboys in the mm-hmm. best possible spot for Buffalo. Uh, it's probably too big of a number, but again, I'm still trying to get there mentally. I don't know if I want to go into the holidays with money on the Chargers to start off for that, that weekend. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I probably will. What What about the other uh, Saturday game, Bengals and Steelers? Are you doing anything there, prop side total? The only other one would be Jalen Warren over rushing and receiving combined because 
not only have the Bengals been a miserable rush defense all year, allowing the highest rate of explosive carries, but now DJ Reader is arguably one of, if not the best, run-stuffing nose tackle in the entire league. And whenever he came off the field last week, uh, the opposing offense, the Vikings, averaged five and a half yards per carry. That's an offense, even with Ty Chandler, that has struggled to run the ball all year. And they made it look so simple whenever Reader got injured. And so with Mason Rudolph under center, I would imagine the Steelers do lean on their running back slightly more. Thus, I would like to be on, whether it's negative game script or not, I think Jalen Warren, obviously the more explosive back of the two between he and Najee Harris. So Warren rushing, receiving combined. Last I looked at BetMGM, I believe it was at 68 and a half. Uh, I think we can easily get there in this game. There's some tighter spreads on the board for this weekend. Uh, any other game that stands out to you where you have a play that we haven't asked you about? I'm also on the over on the Lions-Vikings game. It is a fun environment, a good environment for an over indoors for both offenses. But really, it's about the construct of the Lions offense because it's technically a tough matchup on paper given how great, honestly, Minnesota's defense has been. But at the same time, we've seen... Uh, the Lions, even a couple weeks ago against the Bears, that are quite literally the best run defense in the league, both Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery averaged over six yards per carry. And I think it's just because of the way the Lions' offensive line and play calling is schemed uh, how elite both are. So I don't think the Lions will have any issue moving the ball. On the other side, we've seen everyone have success against this Lions defense. Jordan Love on Thanksgiving. The last two weeks, even Justin Fields and Russell Wilson got there on the ground. And Nick Mullins... Like, yes, he could get benched on Sunday, and no one would be surprised. Uh, we watched that game. Like Case Keenum, they both got away with it in, in really big ways. But Mullen still went over 300 yards. He still provided six carries on the ground. And the fact that they just have elite offensive talent everywhere, even Justin Jefferson, didn't get there as much as Jordan Addison, but was hammered with 31% of the team's targets, was clearly back at full strength. Um, there's enough good, great players here in this game that I think the over gets there too. John Dagla, four for four and bet spurts. Good luck with the sabotage drops in fantasy. I love that this weekend. And thanks for everything on week 16. As always, we appreciate the time, John. Of course. And also I didn't touch on it, but quickly Isaiah likely on Monday night, if you need to help pay for those extra gifts over 35 and a half receiving yards, led Ravens and targets <laughs> the last three games without Mark Andrews, and then 49ers have actually been beaten up by tight ends going back to Week 11. Kate Otten, the Seahawks room, and then Trey McBride last week at 100. Even uh, Elijah Higgins, who no one's heard of, got the 44 yards against them. Good call. I like it. Great stuff. Thanks as always, John. Happy holidays, man. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck the rest of the way, and happy holidays to everyone too. We appreciate it. Uh, the, the only question I have after talking to John is – is is it GIF Smith or Jif Smith? I don't know. It's the age-old question. Is it GIF or Jif, guys? I don't know. I, I have no idea. We're going to know. Se- well, I still say not. GIF. Well, no. GIF. I'm, I go GIF, with GIF, GIF I don't too. Know. I can't do the GIF. I think of peanut butter. With GIF the is GIF. peanut butter. Exactly. I just can't do yeah. it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's Becky Daily. A bad name. Go- it, is, it is now. Yes. We're going with GIF, yeah, whether he likes it or not. Alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, Chris Mack, in for Ed Egros. Oh, yeah, we got some spots for you in the NFC playoff race. We start with Lions-Vikings next right here on BetQL Daily.